Well, it is awesome to be here at our community. Um, how many of you guys have been enjoying this merge that's been going on? It is actually, it is amazing. It is so amazing um, how easy this actually happened. I was chatting with, um, it was Terry this morning. I said, so how's things going? Are you enjoying uh, what you're experiencing here at our community? And um, nothing but 100% pure joy. And um, it's not, actually, honestly, I don't even know of one story personally myself of people that I've known where a merge like this has happened in a church and it's been so easy and, um, and it's just been so kingdom-minded. And, um, and I'm just, I, I'm incredibly passionate about that us being kingdom-minded and um, laying down our lives one to another to become something greater. And, um, and this is what's happened is there's, there was a vision for Set Free and there's a vision for Crossing Point and we lay down our visions for a greater vision. And it's called Oneness in God. And there's nothing more powerful than that. Oneness in God. We see it all through Scripture where, uh, where there was oneness, the power of God was there. There was... There's incredible generosity one to another. The presence of God was there. God was adding to them daily. And it really brought to life that whole, they will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And it's something that we've heard a lot. But man, it is so cool to be able to actually experience that in this place. And I'm not naive. I've, I've been in wine for 15 years. And so we get a lot of people coming and going, adding to the team and and then their time's done. Um, and I understand that in a family setting, there's always going to be possible quarrels. I'm not going to prophesy negative things. But there's just things that happen when we come together. And um, it's that iron sharpens iron. And we sometimes rub each other the wrong way. But we can turn it into a really good way where we actually learn from each other, begin to honor each other, and um, and really respect each other's gifts and um and begin to see the life of God flowing through the individual. And, um, and I, I have this opportunity a lot in Youth with the Mission. Um, we, we do community living, and so we have, um, it's, it's a live-learn environment. If you come and do training with us, you will stay in the houses. You won't be able to choose the people that you're living with, um, even sleeping in your room. And there's so many opportunities to just get offended. There's so many opportunities to just... Um, not be happy and not be full of joy and not be full of peace. There's so many opportunities for us to um, really just live in the self and be, um, yeah, to, I guess put it blunt, to be very carnal in the way that we live our, our every day. But the opportunity of God is totally there for us to be able to see through the eyes of heaven, to understand that family is actually an incredibly important thing to God. It's, I believe it's actually his answer. Families is answer for every one of us as believers. That if we can find our place in a family, it doesn't matter if there's a few things that go wrong here or there. It doesn't matter if you disagree with me on something. We can come together, communicate, and at the end of the day, it doesn't change. You're still my brother, and I'm still your brother. You're my sister, and I'm your brother. And we can begin to work things out. And I think that's what's so beautiful, what I'm starting to see here. And, um, and it's just deeply encouraging to me. And um, so I actually want to talk about family. Um, I'm not sure if the first slide's up there, but we are a family. How, how many of you guys knew that, that we are actually a family? 
I was actually going to play that song. I thought that might be a little corny. We'd all get up and we'd do a little hoo-ha or something. Um, but we're actually a big family, guys. I, it's, it's something that's taken me a lot of years to, I think I, I knew it, but to embrace that idea is actually a completely different thing. To embrace the, what we would sometimes call in ourselves stupidity on the other person, we have to embrace that. We have to love one another through those moments, right? We have to lay down ourselves and our, our right to be right and all these things to actually serve a greater vision. You got a vision for yourself, but there's a greater vision when it comes and it clashes with God's answer, which is family. We have to lay down ourselves at times to be able to embrace family, to embrace it, to begin to understand that we are one body, but we are many, many parts. Um, so I just want to read out a couple of scriptures here. If I can get to the next slide, please. In uh, Romans 12, 3 to 13. So what it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teachings. Philippians 2, 3 to 16. Um, actually, you probably won't go quite that far. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interest, but also to the interest of others, having this mind among ourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men." There's so many scriptures that we could actually just roll through the New Testament and see that, wow, there is, there's so much that God is trying to communicate about oneness, about one family coming together, but we all have to find our place in that family. It's not just for a prophet to stand at the front and say, thou saith the Lord, thou saith the Lord, thou saith the Lord, and then we just do whatever they say. It's for you to actually... Um, embrace your own relationship with Jesus, understand the concepts of God, and begin to add to the family. Um, I come from a big family. I got four brothers and three sisters, and so I had to find my picking order in, um, in this whole family thing. I was number seven of eight kids, and growing up, I had a lot of older brothers that would beat me up, right? When, when things would happen, when, when mom, dessert was a big thing in our house. If, um, if mom would bring out the dessert, um, there was, there was always a fight for the biggest piece of cheesecake or whatever it was, right? Um, but of course, the older brothers, um, I don't know if you ever seen this, this Simpsons episode, uh, where Homer Simpson is pushing the kids out of the way to get to the ice cream truck, right? And, um, that's what my older brothers were like with me. Uh, they would push me out of the way. They would trip me up to get to the cakes, to get to the desserts first because they were, they were bigger. They were bigger and they were stronger and they wanted to put me in my place. They wanted to get the biggest piece. And I'm not saying that that's right, but along the way, I had to find my place in this family. I had to find my own voice, even though I was one of the youngest people in the family. I would get shut down by my older brother saying, you're stupid, you got nothing good to say. 
But eventually, as I was going through my teenage years, um, things began to change. I became a little bit more confident in my family setting. And, um, and it didn't change that these are my brothers and my sisters, even when they called me names, even when they beat me up, even when they did all these things to me. And I'm sure anybody in this room that has brothers and sisters, they could identify with the family quarrels that happen when growing up. And we are growing together as one family right now. We are in the early stages of family. And it is so important that we understand the concept of God, that we don't run away. We don't run away from God's answer because you got pushed a little bit. You don't run away from God's answer just because maybe your voice wasn't heard the way that you want it to be heard. Find your place in this family. Forgive quickly. I had to forgive very quickly. I was number seven of eight kids. There's a whole bunch of people that got to things before me. And I had to learn how to forgive. Learn how to forgive. Learn how to see the gold in my brothers and sisters, even when they would do really nasty things to me. Everything's changed now. Everything's changed, you know. It's amazing how when you grow up a little bit, um, you begin to understand the value that these people play in your life. And this is maturing in God, guys. We don't have to be Christians for 40 years to understand that God's answer is family. We don't have to wait that long. You can engage with that right now. You can begin to talk these things through with people that you're having issues with. We can forgive quickly because Christ forgave us. We need to engage with this stuff. Because I I waited a lot of years before I really understood it, and I think in a natural family setting it made sense. But what I'm saying is I've, I've met a lot of Christians that have been in the Lord, in the Lord for 30, 40 years, and they still don't understand how to forgive. They're still holding bitterness. They're still conference hopping, waiting for the moment that God is going to place them in a family when really they're not seeing it right at all. Family is all around you, but you plant yourself in that thing and you make it home and you say, yes, this is my place. I want to be a part of this. I'm willing to communicate and add to this family. The next slide, please. It's a cool quote that I heard Bill Johnson say. He says, when you leave the concept of family, you've left the concept of kingdom. When you leave the concept of family, you've left the concept of kingdom. Kingdom is all about family. You will never find in Scripture where Lone Ranger is God's answer. Lone Ranger is never God's answer because we need one another. We need each other in this thing. One day I'm doing well, that day you're not. We hold each other up. We love each other as Christ loved the church. But we have to change our minds. We have to change our minds on, on some of these things. Uh, next slide, please. I, I talk about this at YWAM, and um, I know Youth with a Mission is not the local church, um, but we have people that come for two years, sometimes four years, sometimes longer, and what I say to them, I, I say, don't live a pot plant Christianity while you're here. And I want to talk about that because I, I think there's many people that have this mentality, that have this understanding that um, that church is really just about meeting the needs of the individual and, um, and that church is about me feeling comfortable in a place when uh, sometimes that can't be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit is the great comforter and I love how Todd White puts it. He says, 
when you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a great, great place for the comforter to come and begin to comfort you in whatever setting that you're in. He's the great comforter. And so when we're lacking in comfort, he comes and he comforts you in those places, right? But these are a couple of the things that I just want to break down in our thinking so that we can actually grasp maybe where we're sitting this morning, whether you're in seasonal thinking, pot plant Christianity, or whether you're in a place where we can embrace a place called home. Home. A place called home where we can grow in our gifts and our talents. So seasonal thinking, does it meet my needs? Does anyone care? These are some of the fruits of this thinking, that storms come and you're unable to withstand them. The concept of family is never understood properly because it's only if it feels right. It's only if, if everything that I'm saying is being heard. It's only if I feel valued in this place that everything is good. Offense is easily taken because you don't feel seen or heard. You're unable to hear beyond your commitment. And I say this to the YWAM guys that are coming in. I'm like, why did you guys come here? Why did you come to the Gold Coast of Australia for two years? And many of them are saying, man, I want to I wanna grow in my relationship with God. I want to know what God is calling me to. I want to be passionately living life for Jesus. I want to dream big dreams with God. And it continues on in their heart. And I'm like, these are amazing things. I'm like, come on. Let's do all of those things. Let's not withhold anything. Let's let the voice of God be so big in your life that all of those things can camp up and take root. Then I say this, don't be seasonal thinking. I'm only here for six months. I'm only here for a year. I'm only here for two years. Whether that is the case or not, we don't want that kind of thinking taking place. And the problem with that thinking is I can never do anything beyond the two years even if God asks me to do it. We begin to build these walls and we don't desire to build these walls, but they begin to happen. And so, see, we're so limited in our thinking, and God doesn't always give you around the corner. Has anybody ever experienced that? Is that you hear something, but it's only just a few steps ahead. And we're like, come on, God, just give me the next two years. And by default, we would do it without God. It's really unfortunate that we would do that, but we just do by default, not meaning to. He says, go to America. We go, yes, Lord. We're out the door, we're on a plane, and he says, next year. And we kind of miss the next year point. He says something, but along the way, he's still saying things, guys. So let's get seasonal thinking out of our minds. Whether you're here for six months, a year, two years, ten years, it doesn't matter. It's not about you staying here. It's about God camping up, taking root in your life so that he can dream big dreams through you. What if the dream of God in your life is way beyond this church, is way beyond the little things that we have in our mind right now? If I have a six-month mentality, I will never hear the two-year dream that God has for me. We need to eject this thinking. Is God good? Is He faithful? Is He true? Is He righteous? Of course He is. So if I'm here for two years, well, hallelujah, glory to God. Iron sharpens iron. I'm going to embrace all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff because you guys are amazing and you're worth it.
The family of God is worth it. It is worth building a church, letting him build a church that truly is light and salt. That truly represents the goodness of God in the face of hardships. I don't like you. Well, how about we learn to like one another? (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool if we could just do that? Love one another. You know, there is some gnarly scriptures we see in 1 John 1. It says, he who says that I love God, but I hate my brother. The love of God is not in this man, and he's a liar. There's incredible scriptures that we have to let challenge us. Let it challenge you. Let it challenge you. And if the shoe fits, take it off. If the shoe fits, take it off. I don't want to be like that. Then take that shoe off, throw it away, and never put it back on again. On to maturity, man. Ben talked about the heart of our, the, the soil of our heart last week. What is the, what's going on in here? What's going on? Do we really want to embrace the goodness of God? Do we really want to embrace maturity? Do we really want to dream big dreams with God? I hope so. I, I really hope so. I hope we're just so in love with Jesus that the little troubles that come are but little things in comparison to our love for God. Pot plant Christianity, seasonal thinking. Let's eject that thing, man. It just stops God in your life. Let him just grow. Let him grow his dream in your life. Does it meet my needs? You know, I I think this family will meet your needs. You know, family is God's answer. I truly believe that. The family is God's answer. Within that family, you will have needs met. But you meet people's needs as well. You do. Your gift. Your talent, your life lived for Jesus, man. That can meet people's needs. Does anyone care? I don't think there would be one person in this room that would say, you know what, I actually don't give a rip about any of you guys. I'm just here for myself. I don't think anybody in this room would say that. And so what we need to do is get over it. He cares. People do care. But we need to communicate through these things so that we can get planted. I don't know if there's any green thumbs in the room. I've done a little bit in my previous years. And there's something about a pot plant. When you have a plant in a pot, it is so limited to that pot. That's it. That's it. And you might see it from a little seedling growing rapidly. and We're excited about that growth. But eventually what happens is that pot caps the growth. That's it. And the thing is, you can throw this pot plant in amongst all the other plants that are fully in the ground. And it can get covered by the greenery. We go, wow, look at that awesome plant over there. Look at all, look at that. It looks so good. It looks so healthy. And then the winds and the storm comes. And guess what plant blows over easily? The pot plant. And it's limited to that very little pot. When the winds come, and they are coming. They're coming, but it doesn't matter because he says, be of great cheer for I have overcome the world. So it's okay. Let the winds come. Let the storms come. Let them come. If we're rooted and grounded 
for rooted and grounded in Christ, in church, in family, understanding this is the place, man. This is my home where I'm going to grow. And this is not a plug for our community church. This is kingdom. It's kingdom. It's not about this church. It is kingdom-mindedness that grows people. Cool. (laughs) I love this stuff, man. It's so fun. (laughs) It's just good, man. Jeremy Riddle heard this really great um, sermon by Jeremy Riddle, and he said, healthy family is a very attractive thing. Healthy family. There's something about a healthy family that you look at and you go, I just like being here. What is it about this place? I just, I just feel, I, it feels great and I feel encouraged and I just, yeah, I just, whoa, wow, oh, my, I don't even have words to share. Like what, what, how do I express what is going on in this family? There's something going on here, man. It's called oneness. And you gotta fight for it, man. You fight for oneness. Oneness, where the power of God flows. Next slide, please. Okay, I want to read something. You guys can turn there with your Bibles if you'd like to. First uh, Corinthians 12, we are one body and many parts. Um, and I think typically what I had seen in my early days in the church is that I seen... I seen two primarily, a worship leader and a preacher. Those were the things that I seen primarily as, you know, parts of the body. And, um, and I had nothing significant to contribute because uh, I wasn't a worship leader and I wasn't a preacher. And so that's really all I seen. And I think for many people coming, it's, it's always about the upfront ministry stuff that we see. We're like, well, we're not really that. And so it's, Difficult for me to see how I even fit in this grand scheme of, you know, the body, you know? And then we, we, we diminish the gift in our life. Well, man, I, hospitality, we did, that's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. Administration is actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is crazy stuff that we just kind of go, oh, it's nothing that great, you know, but they're all gifts. They're all gifts. All of it is beautiful and wonderful. It makes all of this happen in unison. It's harmony. Like you walk in here and you don't see that without the person in the back there. You don't see that without the person taking my little USB stick, sticking on there and making it all happen. And I don't know always how to do that kind of stuff, man. We don't hear the sound up here without the person at the back that is sliding all these things and making the, making all this sound great. We don't always see that stuff, but man, it is actually the body coming together as one. And even if you're not in any of these specific roles, it doesn't mean that you can't come to church every Sunday going, God, who can I bless today, man? Who can I bless? Who can I give a word to, man? Who? I just want, I just want to encourage someone today, man. God, would you give me something? I don't have a word of knowledge, so I'm just going to encourage someone anyway. I'm just going to encourage someone anyway because it's what's in my heart. I want to love people. This is actually really sad, but a number of years ago, I was at a church in um, 
in Canada, and this young guy, he's probably 18, 19, and I was, I came out of the um, service first, and I seen him, and I felt God gave me a word for him. And I said, man, I, I don't know what your name is, man, but look, as, as you came out, I, this is what I seen. And I shared this word with him, and I prayed for him, and he just sat there in awe. And I was like, oh, wow. So, I mean, it's kind of the response you want. You're like, yeah, go Jesus, man. So something really hit home. And he says to me, he goes, you know what? I have never in my life had anybody do that for me. Is that sad? Is that sad that he's never had anybody pray for him? That actually makes me emotional. And the cool thing is we can all do it. Every one of us, we can do that. Okay, cool. Let's go to First Corinthians 12. We can encourage people. We can do this, man. It's just Jesus coming out. Let's not make it difficult. Can we just be the family? Can we just be one? Can we just be so ridiculously attractive to the world that they'd be like, man, there's something on you guys. It's a person. His name is Jesus. Here we go. One body, many parts. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. And we're going to cover the rest, but I just want to stop there for a sec. So here we have Paul. He's addressing things that are going on. There is all these different gifts. There's healings and miracles and faith and all this stuff is, is actually of the same Spirit. We're one body and all these things are functioning in the spirit. Now, I'm not sure how you guys have seen this whole spiritual thing um, outworking itself in your own lives and churches over the years, but I once upon a time had, you know, this this incredible idea that you know healing was for the elite and that preaching was for the elite and that all of these gifts were for the elite, but I had none of those things and. Um, and I just want to put it out there for you guys. It says here, right, one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. Now, the perfect will of God is revealed through the life of Jesus. If you're looking at theology, perfect theology is found in his life, period. Jesus is perfect theology. We see the will of God being done through his life. Now, Whose, whose gifts are all these things? These miracles and healing and discerning of spirits and tongues, interpretation of tongues. Whose gifts are all these? Sorry? They're ours. They're given to us. But whose spirit or whose, whose gifts are they? They're the Holy Spirit's gifts. They're the gifts of the 
Holy Spirit. Now, a really interesting thing that we need to understand here is that if they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you get born again, who lives on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit. And so what gifts are on the inside of you then? All of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a really simple concept, guys, but it's, it's an amazing thing that we need to understand is that all the gifts are in us. Every single one of them. When we walk into this church body and there's things that need to flow, when I walk in, I say, God, would you give me a word of wisdom? Would you give me a word of wisdom for this person that I'm chatting to? They need wisdom right now. Do you think that it'd be a great place for Holy Spirit to give a word of wisdom and to totally smash that person and give them a, just an amazing word that would lead their week? Often we're looking to the elites in the church that actually give those things. We see the prophetic flowing. We see healing flowing. We see, you know, words of knowledge flowing and stuff. But often we're sitting in the back seats wondering, how do I fit in that big picture? But let me tell you, when you got born again, you didn't get baby Holy Spirit. You got the whole Holy Spirit. He just, just the whole Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not maturing on the inside of you. You got the whole thing. All of Him. The whole mature Holy Spirit, all of Him lives in you. What's great about that is, is that all the gifts are mature in Him, in you. And so, at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, eagerly desire the best gifts. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What is the best gift? The one that you need, man. I'm like, how could you say, man, healing's the best one? But you don't even need healing. You need wisdom right now. So, what's crazy about this is, I could walk down into surfers in this kind of thinking, um, and a man could come to me and say, man, I perceive that you're a Christian because of the things that you're preaching. Um, I'd heard that Jesus heals the sick. Um, can you pray for my name? I go, sorry, brother. That's just not my gift. But can you just hold on, man? I've got, I've got a mate. His name's Brad. And uh, if you can just hang out here for a day, man, he's got the gift of healing on his life. And I'm going to invite him out, just hang out here for a day. I'm going to bring him tomorrow so that he can pray for your leg. Would we look at that and go, that w that's foolish? Now, the reason why we think that's foolish is because you would just pray for healing. And we need to understand that the gift of healing flows through you because the Holy Spirit owns all those gifts. So this is not for the elite guys. This is not for just the ones or the twos that you see at the front here every Sunday that are prophesying or standing confidently before you sharing things. It's actually for the body. It's for the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. So the body, we, as the body of Christ, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. The whole Holy Spirit lives in you. All of the gifts are alive in you. But it's up to us to exercise faith, to step out and say, man, I'm really, really nervous, man, but there's someone that's sick and should I pray? Yes! Pray! Believe! Yes! When you're sitting down with someone at a coffee shop or you're talking to someone at the mall and they're in this place where they're sharing their life with you and they need a word of wisdom, what an awesome opportunity for you to share wisdom and not feel like you got nothing to share when the Holy Spirit has so much He wants to share. Does that make sense? It's really simple, man. If it was anything more than simple, then I probably wouldn't understand it, man. But I'm just excited that this is what's living on the inside of us. The whole Holy Spirit, He lives in you. 
Let's keep reading. In verse 12, it says, For as the body is one, has many members, but all of the members, all the members of that one body, but being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by the Spirit... We are all baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves are free and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one, one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they, were all, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. 25. That there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is not honored, all the members, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have the gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And then chapter 13 he goes on to talk about love, how we can do all these things. And if we don't have love, then it actually profits you nothing. We are one body, but we are many parts. And I would love for us to begin to see the value that this body right here plays in your own personal life. Not just from the front, but it's actively engaging with one another after the service, talking to someone. Inviting people over for lunch, praying for this church, praying that the gift of God would actually come out of you as well, too, so that we could be one adding to this body, the little things that you have in your life, adding to this place, prophesying over people, encouraging them, declaring good things over them. And when we have issues with one another, that we would come together and communicate we would communicate, we'd be slow to judge and quick to hear. As this thing continues to grow, things are going to happen, man. It's not prophesying bad things. I think it's just called family. It's just called family. Things happen in this place. There's disagreements, but just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that we're not unified. We can be totally unified and still disagree on a few issues. Let's not make a big deal of something that's really not a big deal. Let's not let Satan have his tactic of offense that grapples people's hearts and tears you down. The next slide, please. Just very quickly, I want to go through these things. This is the benefits of community. If we actively look at community, if we actively look through the lens of God at family and how he wants to function through us how he wants us to see it's actually a lens it's actually a lens that we need to see through if it's all about 
me and what I can get. I just don't feel like this is my home because of how I feel. And the worship's not really my thing. The pr- I, I just don't feel known here. My gift's not being honored here. There's so many things that we could say and do, right? How about we just communicate through those things? What if you just don't need to be on the stage to prophesy? What if you just don't need a stage to preach, but you can go to surfers and preach every day? What are we doing with the homeless? What are you doing with the homeless? What does this church stand in, in terms of, you know, the widows and the needy? And I think the church should do stuff, but let's not wait for the church as a whole. How about we ask ourselves that question? What am I doing for the poor and the needy? What am I doing for the widows? What can I sow so that the culture of my heart is that, so that I can bring that to this church? I'm not just expecting a few people in the church to build a culture. They do it all, and I say that I'm a part of it, but do nothing. We need to be a part of it, man. You want to grow? You want the dreams of God to flourish through you? You want to do great things for the kingdom of God? Let's be a part of it, man. Let's be a part of it. Cool. So benefits to community. Challenges you to be more like Jesus. If you let it, if you let it, we can walk in here and go... That was a really cool message. Boom, boom. And God's been teaching you, man. Don't get too familiar, Dave. We could be hearing word of the Lord from someone standing at the front. Oh, I know that person. And we could feel really encouraged by a message. Walk out of here and have no clue what God even said. Letting the message in the word of God become cellular in your being. God, I want to eat that thing, man. If that's word of the Lord, I want that to be in my being. I want that to be strong in my weak, Lord. What are you saying to me about that? God, teach me. Teach me how to be one with your word. To honor that. Honor the word. Honor Jesus. Not just to be tickled. Honor the word of God. What is he prophesying to your spirit? Whoa. He meets practical needs. The benefit of community is it'll meet needs. And why when we do this all the time? And I know this church has done it many times too. People are like, I don't have any rent money. I'm a missionary and I don't have any money. And we're like, we just did it last week. I think it was last week. One of our staff felt like they had a word from God to go around America and actually pray. It was an incredible journey she's going to be on. She's like, I need thousands of dollars, man. And I said, why don't we just stand up and just see what happens? Let's just put it out there. Let's just see what happens. In a room full of people where nobody has a dime to their name, we raised like $2,000 for to get a plane ticket and go. And it is joyful. It is so joyful. Let your heart overflow and give. Just give. The more you hold, the less you'll get. And that's just scriptural, man. Don't get angry at me, man. Just be generous and give and it'll come back to you. Mature in God. Mature in God. Mature in God. Let's grow up in Christ. Let's be radical disciples, which is just normal Christianity. Give. It cares for the emotional needs. It reveals the gifts and the talents, man. Let people get around you and say, man, I see the prophetic gift in your life. Use it. 
Use it, man. It's great if you walk around and say, I'm some great prophet, but use it. You don't need this stage and this microphone to be a prophet, man. Let's just go into the world and prophesy. Make disciples. Church, we can do this. I'm serious, man. I'm so convinced that if we get real with Jesus, we honor his word in our midst, man. It's no longer in one ear, out the next. Going home for lunch, saying that was a great service, and not having a clue what was being said. God, God, would you come? Would you embody me the way that Scripture says that you do? It empowers discipleship. What if we could all just go out there and find the one, man? Do you guys realize there's this really cool stat? I'm going a little over. I apologize. There's this stat. If eight people were radical disciples, they took Matthew 28, literal, and said, man, we're just going to go into the nations and make disciples, man. But we're going to ask God for one person. That's it. I'm going to get one person. I'm going to preach the gospel. See, one person gets saved in this year. Only one. God, I'm asking for the one. You find that one and you invest your life into that person. You bring them to church. You invite them to those worship nights. You teach them the scriptures. At the end of that year, we started with eight. We have 16. Those 16, they take Matthew 28 literally. Do you guys realize in 34 years, the whole world saved? 34 years, the entire globe knows Jesus. He left the 99 and he went for the one. Can we pray for one person in this year? One, that's it. And I know we go, oh man, I want to be fruitful. I want to just one disciple, man. One, that's it. And then give your life to it. It's difficult. It is difficult. Get over it. Get over it, man. Invite them into the family. Come on. We can do it, man. I'm sorry, I'm getting really passionate and I cannot apologize for that. Provides opportunities for repentance, healing, con- healing and confession. We can come in this place and we can repent. Joyous repentance. Turn away. It's not a swear word. It's actually a gift from God for you to be free. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It really is. So see it as that and be free, man. Walk in the other direction. Healing and confession, man. Man, we can get tripped up, man. Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Dealing with conflicts, forgiveness, and belonging. All of these things are beautiful things that we have in the family of God like this. If we see it right, if we don't let the enemy shame you for the things that you've done and we just get around some people that can pray for us and can actually speak truth in you so you don't find your identity in the thing that you did wrong. Your sons and daughters, man. Jesus is amazing and he's so able to overcome the things that we're struggling with. My last slide. This is why we meet. I don't know if you knew that, but this is why we meet. And this is why I've come this morning to stir one another up in love and good works. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. We stir one another up. What if you could come into this church next Sunday before you come to drive here? We don't need to fast and pray for 10 hours to ask God, what should I do today? The voice of God just goes with you. 
He'll never leave you and forsake you. He's, he's living in you. The whole Holy Spirit lives in you. It's not baby Holy Spirit, remember? The whole Holy Spirit's there. And so what if we could just ask God, man, God, would you give me a word for someone today? When I walk into that place, when I see them, I just know it. You walk in, you go, whoa, I see you. And you walk up and you just pray for that person and you bless them and you bless them. And you might even open your wallet and give them 50 bucks and say, man, I bless you in Jesus' name. What if we were to do that? Every one of us. I think we'd be the most blessed church on the Gold Coast, man. (laughs) I really believe that, man. We'd be the most blessed church. Everybody would walking around with their pockets full and everybody would be walking around encouraged in their spirits and ministered to just because we did the body thing. That's it. I'm going to pray for you guys, man. I love you guys. I hope you guys know that, man. This is a passionate thing in my heart. I talk with our YWAM guys all the time, man. Let's be the best community on the planet, man. Let's just do that. We can do that. Not to give us a big head, but to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you for family, and I thank you for every person in here. And Lord, I pray that um, your, your, your Holy Spirit would minister to our hearts. You would cause us to see what heaven sees about church. God, all things, I pray, would pass away, and new things would come, God. As two have become one, two churches have become one, God, I pray that dreams would flow through this place, God, that there'd be radical love in action in this place, God, that our city would get ministered to just because we're the body. Father, I pray that you would do amazing things and we would continue to grow in how our eyes sees family, how our eyes see church, God. I thank you for the gifts in every person and I pray that we would use them We would use them. We would overcome fear and we'd use them and bless people with it. In Jesus' name, amen. And if there's anybody that doesn't have, hasn't actually been a part of the family of God, you're not born again yet, we would love to pray with you. It is the best family in the universe. God is just kind of amazing and he just kind of does a whole bunch of cool stuff. So if there's anybody here that would like to afterwards, just come to the front. I'd love to pray with you and we want to invite you in to this grand thing called Family of God. Bless you guys and thank you so much. We are family. Yeah. Get up everybody and stand. Stand up, stand up, let's go. We are